that's an extra four or five miles per week instead of four or five miles per month, right? Um, or whatever. Whatever the math works out to, it's double, clearly. Clearly, I'm, I, I talk about being a, a math person, yet I'm not doing math very well today. Diz Runs Radio, episode 1211, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Well, 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 here we are, the end of another month, the end of another year. It can only mean one thing around here. It means you ask, I answer. Time for uh, the final listener Q&A episode of 2023. Uh, goodness gracious, it's been a year. I don't know. It's been a fine year, I guess. For, for us, at least, it's been, it's been a, a fine enough year. I don't know that it's been an amazing year. I don't know. We'll get into some of that as we go, I suppose. But uh, thanks for tuning in. And in case you're new around here, like I said, we do this at the end of every month where we dedicate an entire episode to your questions, my answers, a requisite amount of shenanigans and tomfoolery. And uh, that's what we have today. If you want to get your questions featured in, uh, you know, next month, next year, when, whenever it might be, you know, in, in, a, in a somewhere in the future episode of the Q&A, you can send your questions any old time, any old way, but but by far, hands down, the best way to make sure your questions get included into a future Q&A episode is to join the Facebook group. I like to think we have a pretty good little 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 group on Facebook for, for whatever Facebook is, and it, Facebook's got its problems. But uh, the, the, the group that we have there is pretty darn good, and somewhere in the middle of each month, I put out a post that says, hey, what are your questions this month? You put your questions in the comments, bada boom, bada bam, here we go. So get yourself entered, into, er, entered. Get yourself into the group, disruns.com slash Facebook is the group, or just search for the Disruns Tribe on Facebook the next time you're scrolling through, and uh, click to join, we'll let you in without any issues there. Um, like I said, you can also send questions you know, via DMs on other social media platforms, emails, things like that. No guarantees that they don't get lost. I do my my level best, um, but feel free to send your questions, whatever whatever method works best for you. But Facebook certainly works best for me. Uh, before we dive into the questions, one other one other little shout, quick mention for uh, something we've got cooking next week. If you listen to this, you know right about the time this comes out, uh, don't look now. But New Year's Day is coming, just a few days away, and that means that uh, the annual I, I guess it's the annual now. I think this is the the fourth year maybe the third year third or the fourth year i think it's, i don't know whatever we've been doing this for a few years now the diz runs new year's fat ass where you just run some 5ks at your own leisure on new year's day to kick off the new year we have a little bit of fun with it uh, all the information for that is in the facebook group as well so if you got nothing else going on on new year's day you get you're gonna run a little bit to kick off the new year anyway hey get yourself a 5k or few enter in for some some giveaway stuff you get a free coaching call just for doing one 5k uh, all the details in the Facebook groups. So check it out if uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, and if you know, then you know we'll we'll do the thing once again to kick off 2024. But before we get to 2024, let's get to some questions here from 2023. First question this month coming from Santina uh, in a friend pacing a friend scenario. 
And if the pacing is for only part of the race, but not the whole race, you know, maybe for the last chunk of the race, beginning part of the race, whatever it is, how can that be done? Does the pacer also buy entry and get a bib, but then not cross the start or finish? Or for example, just jump in for say the last 10 miles during a marathon talking regular road race here, not something like an ultra where paces are usually a, a part of the race. So great question, Santina. And that's something that, um, that I haven't done yet, but that's, that's something that, that is a potential with the concierge coaching where I, where I might pace a race with somebody. If somebody's faster than me, you know, over the course of a marathon, but maybe, you know, they're, they're worried about fading during the last 10 miles or 12 miles, something like that, then yeah, absolutely. I might jump in for the last 10 or 12 miles with them and try to pace them to the finish. And in that case, nine times out of 10, yeah, you're looking at paying for, paying for a race bib. Um, that, that allows you to be part of the course that allows you to be on the course, you know, participating in the race, even in that scenario where you're just pacing for somebody. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just the way you'd have to do it. You know, there's the, you could, you could, the, the days of, of, you know, banditing races, especially for, for road marathons, especially for any type of bigger race. Um, I think, I think those have gone the, the same direction as the Dodo bird. Um, I, I just don't think that's something that really happens that, that, that can, I mean, I guess it happens, but that's not something that, that is kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and okay anymore. Um, that said, I could see a scenario if it's a smaller race, maybe a local race, um, where there, there might only be a handful of hundred runners in and you, and you, um, I, you know, you, you would want to reach out to the race director, um, and say, here's the situation. I'm pacing my friend for the last, you know, the last 10 K or last 10 miles, whatever, whatever it is. I'm pacing my friend for this race. Um, I'm planning to, to jump in at, at such and such a point. Would I be able to do so without registering for the race? And you might have to outline like, you know, I'm not going to cross the finish line. I'm not going to take a medal. I'm not going to take anything from any aid stations, right? Like, like there might be some waivers I, in, in theory, I could see a scenario where that would be allowed with race director permission, you know, like, like I wouldn't want to try to be underhanded about it, um, where you could do it without paying for a bib. Um, and there might, again, there might have to be certain concessions or, or agreements or things like that to be made of. I, I couldn't see that likely happening for a race that had more than a few hundred people in it. Um, uh, but potentially if it's a small enough race, maybe there's a way you could do that. Maybe, maybe you could offer to volunteer at the packet pickup, um, in order to be able to do that for free without any issues. And you just get, maybe they'd give you a bib, but you'd use it in that scenario. So you wouldn't have to pay for the race, register for the race, et cetera. Um, but, but again, like that would be the, the, the one scenario where I could see maybe doing it, um, without having to pay for it. Uh, but if you paid for it, you could totally do it that way. You know, you, you register for the race. That's your call, how you want to do it. If, if you want to, you know, run the whole thing, just jump in at the end, whatever. Um, couldn't see them having an issue, but, but, you know, again, reach out. You, you might just be able to reach out and say, Hey, here's, here's the deal. Is this possible? And they go, no, you have to register for the race. And you go, all right, register for the race. Or, or again, especially for a smaller race, a local race, uh, they might just say, yeah, no problem. Thanks for letting us know. Um, you know, and, and, and make the, pr- the necessary arrangements there. But, um, you never know until you ask, right? If, if you don't ask, they can't say no. So reach out to the race and, and ask them, but, uh, just, just, you know, in general, yeah, if you're going to pay somebody for a road race, you're going to have to pay for a bib. Um, and then it's your call if you're running the whole race or just jumping in at, at a certain point, that type of scenario. So hopefully that makes sense and, and good luck and enjoy that pacing experience. That's, that's a fun, that's a fun experience for sure. Uh, next question from Ellen, when incorporating strength work, if I have a busy day, is it okay to split up doing one exercise and then a bit later doing another one or two, et cetera, throughout the day? 
or does it make more sense to dedicate a solid, even if small block of time just to doing strength work? Does it, does splitting up a session lessen the positive effects? Um, Ellen, you know, this is one of those questions where I think that, that sometimes we get in our own way of, of, you know, letting perfect or, you know, making perfect the enemy of good or good, the enemy of perfect or whatever, whatever way that saying goes. Um, but ultimately, you know, it might not be exactly six and one and a half dozen the other to, to split it up versus do it all at one chunk. But I mean, I'm not going to complain if somebody I'm coaching is like, yeah, I'm going to do, you know, this exercise, you know, some, some squats first thing in the morning. And then I'm going to do, you know, some, some, another exercise at midday and then another exercise mid afternoon, another one when I get home and like, you know, maybe I'm going to get my 20 to 30 minutes of strength training in, but it's going to be in, you know, three minute blocks and five minute blocks throughout the day. Um, that's a whole lot better than nothing. Um, and quite frankly, you know, when it comes down to strength training for runners, you know, I think for most of us, you know, maybe not for everybody, but, but in general, we're not trying to, to add on a bunch of mass, right? We're not trying to get swole. We're not trying to, uh, compete in, you know, bodybuilding competitions or physique competitions or things like that, where, where you really would probably see a lot more benefit and not even probably where you definitely would see a lot more benefit from, you know, extended time under tension, you know, and where it would build from one exercise to the next, to the next, to the next. And you'd really want to stack them all up together in a, in a block for 80 minutes or 90 minutes or whatever in the gym all at one time for us as runners, that's not what we're going for. And so you might could make an argument that you would, you know, you could get more done in, in a 15 or 20 minute block than if you spread it out over five, five or 10 minutes, you know, here and there throughout the day, just because of progressive overload and yada, yada, yada. Um, but I've heard people argue that actually doing it the way you're, you're proposing, uh, you know, a set here, a set there, uh, s- spread out throughout the day, um, can actually be, be better because you're getting that active, that, that muscle activate active, you're activating the muscles, you know, and working the muscles throughout the day, as opposed to you get one good session and then you're, you know, sitting at the desk or you're in the car or whatever it might be. So, um, ultimately I, I don't think there's, if there, if there is a lessening of the benefit by splitting up the session, we're, we're talking fractions of a percent. Um, and, and again, those are going to be most prevalent in people that are doing just all kinds of, of massive, you know, that, that have been gym rats for years and they're all, you know, they have different goals than us as runners, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. And quite frankly, different goals for us than just be healthy humans, right? Like, like strength training is important. And, and there's a couple other, or at least one other question on this later. Um, strength training is good for us as runners. It's good for us as humans. And if, if the best way to get it done is to mix and match and do a set here and a couple sets there and this and that throughout the day, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you not to do that. Like do that. If that's what it takes, do that. You'll get the benefits. Um, even if it's again, if, if, if maybe somehow in some world, it's a fraction of percent less effective, it's a whole hell of a lot more, more beneficial than not doing it at all. Or even just doing, all right, well, I've got time for is eight minutes here versus if I spread it out to the day, I can get 20 minutes spread out. Well, yeah. Okay. That's probably going to be more beneficial. So break it up, mix it in, do a little here, do a little there. Um, yes, that's absolutely okay. Uh, it's absolutely, I think long-term if, if that's what is going to be, if that's what it takes for you to be more likely to get it done, then that's, then do that. Okay. So good, good question. Um, strength train wherever you can, however you can, whatever it looks like some better than none for sure. But thank you, my lady. And, and hope you have a great start to 2024.
Next up from Lewis, we got some we got some Lewis questions as as always. Like I don't even know why we bother with some of these questions anymore. But here we go. First question from Lewis: What's the best pro elite story of 2023 according to you? I do not care. Next question from Lewis: Serious question. My runs are starting to get faster. I'd like to, my paces slash splits to consistently be under seven minutes and thirty seconds per mile. How can I make that happen, Lewis? Now you've been listening here for a while, and. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to hate on the question, right? But I feel like you have to know what I'm going to say here. And that's to not run, to, 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 to run easier, to slow down. Um, that said, let's, let's unpack this question a little bit. Cause, because I feel like there, maybe I'm reading between the lines. Um, and maybe I'm, I'm reading into something that's not there, but, but it like, as I read the question, all right, so, you know, you're, you're getting faster, which is awesome. You know, lots, I know you've been, been running pretty consistently, almost, I think even streaking for, for a long time now and, and glad to see that you're seeing some gains with that. Um, but if, if you're trying to push the pace to be under seven thirty per mile every, every day for every run, that sounds to me like you're, you're for lack of a better way of saying it, like you're, you're trying to race every mile. Now, maybe you're not racing all out, but you're not keeping your easy runs easy, my man. Um, Otherwise, you wouldn't care, right? Like if you if you're keeping your easy runs easy, maybe sometimes you'd get maybe, maybe under seven thirty is legitimately easy. In which case, pff, that's awesome. Um, but you know, on a day when it's not, like oh well, I kept it easy, right? Like that's that's what matters. So, what, what I guess what I would what I would encourage you to think about doing is to maybe target one run, whether it's pro- maybe every week, maybe more like every two weeks, maybe every month, something like that. That all right? This is this is the run. Whatever frequency you decide to come up with, that's you know, that balls in your court. But whatever frequency it is, ideally not every day. This is the run that I want to keep my run under seven thirty. Okay, so then then the rest of the time, whether that's the other runs during the week, or ideally maybe the, the you know the other runs for every couple three four weeks something like that, you're worried more about effort and and not pushing hard. Um, and now maybe there's a workout in there, whatever. But like in general keep your easy runs easy, bro. Like that's, that's the best way that I know of to get faster. Um, and I know that's counterintuitive and I know that it doesn't necessarily make sense. And sometimes seeing has to be believing, but I'm telling you, you know, like you're, you're always so worried about the pros and the elites, right? And maybe, maybe you ask all those questions to try to get a rise out of me and, and, um, you know, whatever, but like, you might see them and they're doing their, you know, their easy days under seven thirty per minute pace but but remember that their race paces are probably under five minutes per mile you know some of them are in the four you know depending on the distance and stuff i mean they're they're 450 they're 445 um so for them yeah 730 is easy but and i say this with with um you know kindness and and all due respect um that's not you you know, I, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I don't pay attention to the pros and elites. Maybe you are a pro and elite and I just don't know it uh, because I don't care about the pros and the elites, quite frankly. Um, but like, unless, unless your marathon race pace is in the fives, then your easy pace probably isn't seven thirties. Okay. Um, so slow down your easy pace, slow down your easy. I'm sorry. Slow down your easy runs. Make sure that your easy runs are actually easy. Don't worry about the pace. And then again, on that, on that one run, you know, on the, on the second Saturday of every month or the, the second and fourth week of every month that you're going to try to push it, kind of almost do a little bit of a time trial. 
um, those are the runs where, all right, now, now you're going to push to try to keep each of the pace of that, you know, three mile, four mile, five mile, whatever run you're doing under seven thirty, Um, and that should get easier by doing a lot more miles, a lot more runs where your average pace is nine minute paces, 10 minute paces, 11 minute pace. Yes. Yes. You can get faster. You will get faster. You'll become more efficient. You become a stronger runner by running potentially in the tens and the elevens. And then on race day, you'll find it easier to run in the sevens. So you want to get faster for your paces and your splits? Run slower. Run slower. I mean, that's that's that that's that's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Not not anything else. Not any other nonsense of do this type of speed workout or yada. That doesn't that doesn't work. That doesn't work. And quite frankly, it's more likely to result in injuries and things like that. Which which again, you should you if you've been paying attention, you've heard me talk about all this stuff. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that that's the angle I'm going to go. Um, but good luck to you. I hope you have a, a, a great 2024. Healthy. Uh, and you know, if you're still streaking, keep that streak going, uh, but maybe slow down more often than not and see if that doesn't help you get faster on those times that you want to get faster. All right. Thanks for the questions, brother. As always next up from Thessaly from the left coast, probably from the treadmill somewhere. Uh, happy holidays to the tribe. My question is how does one become confident without crossing the line to becoming overconfident, AKA, you know, cocky. Um, I like to be motivating for others and encouraging, but I never want to come off as prideful. Uh, great, great question, Thessaly. And, and, you know, that's, that's one of those that I think that, that sometimes it's easy to be worried that you're coming across as, you know, cocky as somehow better than things like that. Um, but if you're aware enough to, to be concerned of that, then you're probably not crossing that line. Um, you know, I, I think that, that, a lot of times if people, you know, it's, it's maybe it's one of those things where, where if people know you, then they know, you know, like, like, you know, by fostering relationships, whether it's through the Facebook group or in your, in your local community or online, things like that. Um, you know, people know that, that in your case, and I don't know your exact numbers, but I know, I know you've qualified for Boston several times. So, so, you know, you've got, you've got some speed in those legs. The treadmill's working for you. Um, you know, so, so maybe I don't, again, I, I can't remember your exact numbers, but just as an example, maybe your race pace for the marathon is eight minute miles, right? And you're encouraging somebody who's running an 11 minute mile. Now, you know, you're saying, Hey, great job. Good stuff. Blah, 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 blah. If that person knows you even just a little bit. They know that you're not coming from, Oh, you're so slow running. Like they know that. Right. So it's not going to be cocky. It's not going to be unattractive. It's not going to be arrogant. It's not going to be belittling. Um, I think it comes down to tone a lot of times, which obviously tone can get lost, especially in text-based communications, but like, like people know your heart, right? And at least people that know you are going to know your heart and they're going to know that you're not coming from a place of, of anything other than genuine, like, Hey, I run my pace. You run your pace. You're doing a great job. I'm proud of you. Great effort. Good job. Keep, keep working. Um, and it's not about me and, and I'm faster than, or whatever, like it's about you and this is your race and those types of things. Um, and so, so, I mean, I, that, that's how I try to come across it when I'm talking about stuff on the, with pace and, and, you know, sometimes I'll make sure to mention, and it's all relative, right? Like sometimes somebody's faster or slower or whatever. Um, but when you're talking one-to-one on somebody, I don't think you, I don't think you really need to do that very often, but, but, you know, trust your gut, trust your judgment. If you need to, to, to put that out there, you know, yeah, I might be faster, but it doesn't matter. Like whatever, like you're still working hard. You're still doing this. You're, you know, whatever. Um, I think, I think that, that again, in, in maybe I've, um, belaboring the point but if you're if you're coming at it from a genuine perspective and you're genuinely genuinely trying to be helpful and motivating and encouraging um 
that that comes through and, and people aren't going to see it as, oh, you know, this Thessaly is, is belittling me because she's faster than me. They're like, no, Thessaly's a, a runner and she's a good person. And, um, yeah, she's faster than me or yeah, she runs farther than me or, or whatever. She's done things that I haven't done yet in the sport. Um, but she's just being a, a good, encouraging, kind person. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I think that if you're worried about it and, and you're, you're kind of being aware that it could be taken the wrong way, if you're not careful, you're probably being careful enough that it's not going to be taken the wrong way, if that makes sense. So keep being encouraging, keep being kind. Um, you know, will somebody potentially maybe take it the wrong way at some point, or will you kind of say something that, 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 that could be misconstrued? Sure. I mean, I, Lord knows I do. Right. You know, um, but more often than not, you know, if you're coming at it again with with the right perspective, the right attitude, um, you'll be just fine. You'll be just fine, and and, and people aren't going to take it the wrong way. Um, and we'll be better. We'll be better as a as a running community because of people that are faster, slower, whatever that are all encouraging, all supportive, all trying to motivate each other. That's 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 what makes the running community so great. So so don't worry about coming across wrong because more than likely you're not going to. You're not going to. A less serious question from Thessaly. Gingerbread house building or sledding? I mean, sledding, duh, obviously. Um, I mean, not that I have any opportunities to sled anymore because living in the South and no plans to go back up North for winter months anytime soon. Um, but like building gingerbread houses, meh, meh. I don't know. Never really been my thing. Um, just seems like... Like, first of all, gingerbread's fine, but, like, it's not great. So, like, why are we wasting our time with gingerbread when there's other better options out there? Um, but then, like, why are we going to waste our time with gingerbread just for the purpose of building a house? And then it, and then if you do the whole situation where you're like, well, let's put, you know, cardboard underneath it to reinforce it. Well, now now are you even going to eat the gingerbread? Like, it just, uh, what's the point? But sledding? Woo! Full contact sledding down the hill, demolition derby style. Now, obviously, if you're going to do that, then... And everybody that's involved needs to be on the same page. We need to all be in agreement that, yep, we're, we're racing to the finish line. Wipeouts, kamikazes, all that stuff is legit. Um, yeah, that's a good time. Plus, you get, you know, you get the, you get the cross training of, like, hoofing it back up the hill, dragging your sled. Yeah, sledding. A thousand times sledding. Um, although, you know, I haven't, I haven't really been sledding in, like, 20 years. Um, I'm sure it would probably beat me up a little bit more than it did 20 years ago. So, you know, maybe, maybe old man Diz would actually be like, yeah, maybe gingerbread housing is building is, is less, less risky, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to be young at heart still and say sledding for sure. For sure. I'll take sledding and the potential repercussions, um, over gingerbread house building for sure. But thank you for the questions, my lady. Hope, uh, 2024 is good for you. Next up, a couple questions from Sharon. Sharon asks, so I heard that stretching is overrated. How important is it to stretch after a run? What would be cons- the consequences of skipping it, if any? And are there significant benefits? So, Sharon, I, you know, I, I, um, I don't know that that stretching is overrated per se, but you know, my my hypocrisy is well documented around these parts, and uh, I don't stretch after a run. Um, I mean, uh, typically, you know, nine times out of 10, when I'm running through the neighborhood, my typical normal, you know, six miles with the dog type of scenario, um, I come in the door and I sit down 
<laughs> like there is no stretching. There is no, there's nothing that even resembles stretching. Now, after, after a long run, when I'm, especially when I'm not here at home, like I might do a cursory, like bend over <laughs> for, for like four seconds, right? Like pretend to try to touch my toes. Maybe uh, if I'm really feeling crazy, um, and there's like a curb right there, maybe I'll stretch my calves for like a, you know, a second or two. Um, uh, but the point being, yeah, I don't, I don't really do any stretching after a run. Um, that said, I mean, you know, I, I don't think there's any like massive negative consequences per se. That said, I do think, and I think there's enough, enough evidence to support that there's, there is a certain amount of range of motion. There's a certain amount of, of muscle elasticity that is beneficial. You know, I mean, the, the way, the way that we load our, our calves and our Achilles tendons, um, the, you know, just from the running motion, um, that benefits from a certain amount of flexibility, a certain amount of, of mobility in the ankle and flexibility in the calf and the Achilles. Um, I think the stretching tends to feel good. You know, when I do some stretching, which I don't do very often, but when I do, I mean, I feel better afterwards, right? Like it, it increases, it increases blood flow and it breaks up some of the adhesions within the tissues, which allows the muscles to function better. Um, so, so, you know, no, there's no, like, it's not like do or die. If I don't, if I don't stretch after a run, I'm, you know, my injury risk goes up like no, no, nothing like that. Um, but I do think there are some benefits to stretching, even if it's maybe not right after. So whether it's doing some yoga, whether it's just kind of part of a mobility routine, um, I mean, our, our, our bodies just in life, but also in running, like there is a certain amount of range of motion that, that is beneficial. Now, some of that comes down to joint mobility, which doesn't necessarily have as much to do with stretching as it does to some other factors, muscle control, muscle strength, muscle balance, uh, joint health in terms of, of the, the fluid inside your joints, things like that. Uh, but some of it absolutely has to do with how, how flexible for lack of a better way of saying it is your muscles are how much elasticity is in your muscles. And that can be trained through stretching. So, you know, I mean, I know, I know plenty of folks. I'm, I'm pretty sure if memory serves the man with two first names, Mr. Dennis, I, I don't think he, I think he said something about not stretching at all. And he's been healthy and yada, yada, yada. I mean, again, like there's, there's, there is no benefit. There is no, um, at least that I've have come across. Um, and I feel like I've, I, I mean, I'm, my nose isn't to the ground in terms of all the journal articles and, and the cutting edge research. Um, but I know it wasn't that long ago that there was very much like, there are no conclusive studies that show that stretching has any, in, you know, pre-run, post-run in terms of preventing injuries. Like it's just not, it's not a thing, um, but it feels good. So, you know, I would say it's, it's good to stretch once in a while, but it's not something to beat yourself up about if you're like, oh shit, I didn't stretch for, you know, the last two weeks. Well, like, okay, <laughs> I haven't stretched for the last like four years. So, you know, um, in terms of like consistent after run stretching, I stretch a little bit here and there, um, something that I'm, I'm aware of and I know I feel better when I do it. Um, but I think, I think there's a lot of ways to maintain and improve range of motion beyond just stretching and stretching after a run. You know, it can be a great part of the cool down. It's a good time to stretch if you're going to stretch because your muscles are warm, but, and, and, and for those that, that are listening to this going, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I, I, I feel so much better when I stretch after a run. Hey, keep stretching. I'm not saying not to stretch. I'm just saying if you don't stretch, you don't need to like beat yourself up about it. Okay. So stretching, you do you, um, there are some benefits, but it's, it's not, I mean, again, we're, 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 we're at the fringes here. 
uh, arguing about do I have to stretch? Do I need to stretch? Am I going to injure myself? Like, no, you'll be okay. Um, so there, how's that for like saying, not saying it depends, but kind of saying it depends. So chug a log folks. Uh, one more question from Sharon. How is the 50 state marathon journey coming along? I mean, it's not quite frankly. Um, but, but I, I feel like I've gotten this question a couple times in, in the, in the last few months. And I appreciate it because it's kind of lighting a fire a little bit. And another thing that's lit a fire of late is, uh, Santa Diz came early this year. And a couple of the, a couple of the gifts that Santa Diz got me, um, were some metal hangers. Uh, you know, w- w- when we were in Florida, we had a, like a curtain rod type of scenario, um, that was kind of getting to the point where I was a little bit afraid to, to add too many more metals to it and in fear that it might rip out of the wall. Um, and so, so earlier, earlier in, uh, I guess probably around black Friday, uh, Santa Diz decided that, uh, it was time. And so I got, I got three metal holders, uh, one of which is a 50 States metal, metal holder. You know, it's got the, the map and I can, I can color in with, with, uh, chalk on it. It's got the blackboard paint. Uh, and it's got a, you know, a, 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 a hook for each state and uh you know kind of been hanging these jokers up and looking at my medals a little bit and uh you know that 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 map one that 50 state one that's kind of in my face now like like no longer can i be like oh you know i think i've run 10 10 10 states maybe 11 i don't know are we counting dc whatever like no, no 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 i look at the damn map on my wall now and i you know i got my 10 states colored in and then i'm, I'm looking at the medals and realizing that, uh, you know, like in 2014 or 2013, 2014, I think I started, or 2012, I guess, is when I started, um, when I ran my first non-Florida marathon, because I'd lived in Florida at the time, of course. And so, you know, picked up one in 2012 and another couple in 2014, and then, um, you know, had a couple of years, because Addison was born in 2014, so the travel budget was cut a little bit short there for a couple of years, and then it was like 2016, I had a couple, 2017, I had a couple, 2019, I had a couple, uh, and I haven't had anything since then. And so it's like, oh gosh, you know, uh, obviously 2020 was a year and, and, you know, did all the things there, but like, um, you know, kind of looking at things going, well, all right, it's going to be 2024 here in a couple of days and, uh, haven't crossed the state off the list in, you know, knocking on five years now, uh, may, might be time to start doing something about that. So that, that's been a little bit motivating. Uh, there's, there's, there's no firm plans for anything in 2024 yet, but there are at least conversations. There's there's preliminary discussions happening in uh, in it, at Diz Runs HQ, um, and so so hopefully 2024 uh, we might could knock out at least one state, maybe two, three, four. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'll keep you posted. Um, but yeah, we're 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 at ten. We've been at ten since 2019, and uh, hopefully 2024 is the day we, we kick on into the, 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 the teens, you know, maybe, maybe get up to, to 13, 14 or something like that this year. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, still just, still just at 10 so far. Uh, but thank you for the question, Sharon. Hope, uh, hope all is well in Virginia. Uh, next up from the land of 10,000 lakes, Mr. Rick Lind asks, all right, says my base building hasn't gone as planned. I typically like to be in half marathon shape, which, you know, I, I support that idea. Uh, but I haven't run more than seven miles since September. Minor injuries, poor running conditions, work, life have all gotten in the way. I'm signed up for a marathon at the end of April. Long story short, when should I start to be concerned? Well, Rick, um, you, you maybe left out the most important piece of information. Although I think if memory serves from previous questions, I know that piece of information 
which to me says you should be concerned right now. Uh, you, you, <laughs> right now, concerned. And that is that is what is the goal of the marathon. You know, you got a marathon at the end of April, and if memory serves, I think you had one in April, maybe one in June or something. You had, you had two two marathons planned. Um, you know, looking to try to maybe BQ something like that. And and I've, again, if memory serves, a couple months ago we talked about this in terms of you know, do I take a, a run at the BQ for the first race, or do I treat that one as a training run and, and treat it as a second race? And I think that it, you know, if we were going to go for to try to go after it at the at the end of April in the first race, I mean, the, the time to be concerned is is right now for sure, um, because you're just not where you wanted to be now. Now, you know, if we're if we're treating April now as a training run, or if the goal for the for the the marathon in April is to to run well, but we're not necessarily focused on a PR, BQ, things like that, then, then I don't think we need to be concerned yet. You still have, you know, the better part of four months. Um, this isn't your first rodeo, even though you're not quite where you'd want to be in terms of training, you know, volume, things like that. Um, you know, could we be 26.2 ready in the better part of four months if, you know, you, you know seven miles is kind of a long run? And, and assuming there's a, there's a, a, a some semblance of consistency in there, like, yeah, we can get that done. Um, to, to run a PR type of race in April with where you are right now. I don't want to say it's not possible, but I, I I'd be concerned. I'd be concerned with where you are, where you're trying to get to, what the time frame looks like, things like that. So, um, it, it borders on, it depends because I'm not entirely sure of what the goal is. And maybe it's changed a little bit because of where you are right now. And it's been a couple months since we had that previous conversation on the Q and a, um, and, and maybe, you know, with, with the realization that your base building hasn't gone as planned, maybe that does change the calculus a little bit. And now April is purely a training run type of marathon. And maybe that helps to decide if the second race, you know, are we going to go for it? Or does, do I need to shift the, the longer term goal in, in terms of going for the BQ or the PR or whatever it was down the road a little bit? I mean, maybe maybe that this becomes the litmus, litmus test. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the clock is clearly ticking. Uh, you're aware of that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, the, the level of concern should be, should be rising just in terms of, you know, again, if, if the, the, the goal is just quote unquote, you know, going back to Thessaly and try not to be too, too condescending here. Um, but if the goal, the goal for April is to quote unquote, just finish the race, I don't think there's any cause to be concerned yet. Um, but I think that that's probably not the goal in which case, yeah, it's time to start getting concerned real soon and it's time to start either kicking it into gear or it's time to, again, downshift the goal. Let's just finish. Let's treat it as a training run um, and build from there, in which case now you've got a little bit more runway, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but again, I mean, you know, the end of April is coming. You know, we're, we're kind of in that 16, 15, 16, 17-week window. You know, it, it better not wait too much longer, especially with where your base is. Now, if you were at, you know, 14, 15-mile long runs right now, phew, we still got plenty of time. You're not. So time to get going. Um, so, yeah. I, I would I would start to be concerned pretty quick if I'm not there already, um, especially if the goal is to do anything but just finish. So ramp it up, my friend. Ramp it up. Um, next question. Kind of got Michaela wedging herself in here before Rick's second question. Let's just jump to Rick's second question because it's nonsense. How many cans of sardines in a week is too many? Too many, the man from 10,000 Lakes asks. I mean... You know, we've got a couple people chiming in. One, one is too many. I'm not sure I'd go that far. I've tried to dabble in sardines a little bit. I just can't quite do it. I can't, I can't quite, and they're, they're fine. I just, I'm not like, mm, yeah, let's have some sardines today. Um, I don't know. You know, a couple, a couple of few is probably too many. I don't know. You know, 
here we go, Rick. I'm not here to yuck your yum, right? You like sardines, my man, eat the sardines. You know, let, let the people in your, the other people in your household can determine when you've had too many, what, what that line is. Um, if you like sardines, brother, you eat 10 cans, 20 cans, 50 cans, a hundred cans, whatever the budget allows, whatever your GI system allows, whatever, maybe most importantly, whatever the, the, the family situation at the house allows, right? If the wife is like, no, Rick, there's too many, then, then she, she gets to make that decision. But, uh, sardines aren't entirely my jam, but you do you, you do you. How about that? How's that for riding the fence? Thanks for the questions, Rick. And uh, hopefully a healthy and uh, lots of miles ahead of you in 2024. Back up to Michaela's question. Cause this is, this is a little, this is a good, good couple of questions where it's a little bit of hemming and hawing that's going to happen here. So first up, um, or I guess it's kind of all one question, but we're going to break it into two chunks. You said mileage might not be the best yearly goal for everyone, which uh, I stand by that. And that was a quick tip from a couple weeks ago. I think it was episode 1206. Maybe we talked about volume, um, but what other goals could keep one motivated throughout the year? You know, I, I, I think this is, y'all know, I love talking about goals, although I might not talk about goals as much in 2024 as I have in the past. There's lots of archived archival episodes about goals. Um, but, but yeah. And, and I mean, shoot, just last week we had the, the, the best of ish about, you know, is a mileage goal good? Well, maybe not. I don't know. Um, it's definitely not for everyone. And, and I think, you know, we, we talked somewhere in the not too distant past. I, I read atomic habits and, and one of the things they talked about in there was, was, more of uh, I can't remember exactly what they called it, but basically like a tick the box goal versus a quantitative goal. Um, so like, you know, maybe, maybe a good goal for some folks to be motivated throughout the year would be, would be a, a number. And quite frankly, that's one of the goals that I have this year. Uh, allow me to break that down. So if you've been around for, for a couple of years, you know that there's been a couple of times I've set goals in terms of a, a, a volume of cross training or a volume of, foam rolling. I wanted to do a you know, thousand minutes or something like that. And it just never happened. Right. It just, it just for a number of reasons, it'd be the same thing as miles, right? Like I want to run a thousand miles this year or run, run the year, whatever the number might be. And it just didn't, sometimes those goals aren't the best ones, but what about a number goal in terms of number of times attempted? And, and quite frankly, my goal for this year, or one of my goals for this year is to, to do 300 days of mobility work. So of stretching, or joint mobility, joint work. Um, I want to do th- also want to do 300 days of soft tissue work. So that could be foam rolling. It could be any type of, you know, soft tissue, uh, tools, tactics, things like that. Um, but, but that's 300 days of each, right? But it might, it might only be that I might only get 300 minutes of each for this year. I don't think so, but if I, if I can get, you know, but point being that maybe that's a goal. Maybe I want to run 200 days this year. All right. And that could be, you could run, you know, to the end of the driveway and back that could count on a day that you're struggling and a day that you don't really have time. You're pressed for time. What am I going to do? Put my shoes on and get out and go. Because the idea of that is that a lot of times, if you, if you say, I'm going to run to the end of the driveway and back, um, you get to the end of the driveway and you're like, well, shit, I'm, you know, I'm dressed. I got this, I got, I got all the the gear on. I got this and I got that. I might as well go get a mile. Right. And so, so by, by, you get to the end of the drive when you're like, well, I'll go, I'll go down to the end of the block and I'll go to the end of the street. And then, you know, you end up getting a mile or two when, when maybe the, the, the idea of going for a mile or two was, was too much. Um, so I think something like that, if that makes sense, some type of goal where it's like, I want to run X number of times this year without worrying about distances, without worrying about paces, without worrying about, 
um, you know, how, how long do I have to, you know, what, what counts, you know, I know for some of the streakers, it's, it's gotta be a mile for some streakers. It's gotta be a 5k, whatever it is. You know, you don't put those parameters on yourself. The, the, I want to go for a run. Um, and it could be as long or as short as, as, as it is. If I go for a run, it counts. Um, maybe, maybe you do some type of progressive goals where, where you kind of, um, instead of setting goals for the year and I'm a big goals for the year fan, but if that doesn't work for you, maybe, maybe you set a goal for just January and you know, then you, you allow yourself to reset the goal in February or, re- or adjust recalibrate. Um, and maybe that, you know, maybe that allows you to kind of build and ebb and flow, um, and, and keep you on track better for a year than to just try to say, you know, at the beginning of the year, I want to do X for this whole year. You, you know, that you're going to ebb and flow throughout the year. So you allow yourself to do that ebbing and flowing, uh, by setting new goals each month. Um, you know, maybe it's, it's race goals. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to say these are good goals or not good goals. Um, because, because the goals are so individualized, right? Like, like a goal that works for me, I understand may not work for you. And, and, you know, for me being someone who's, who is pretty well documented, you know, pretty laid back and pretty like, kind of like, eh, whatever, um, a goal of running, you know, 50, 50 marathons in 50 States. Like I'm not stressed about it. You know, like it's, it's a goal I want to achieve. Um, but clearly if I haven't run a race and, you know, going on five years outside of the States that I, you know, I haven't added another state to the mix. Um, it's not pressing on me, but I'm, but you know, so, so all that to say, like for some people, if they have that goal, like we got to have a plan, we got to get things done. You saw you type a people. Um, and so, so, there's, there's maybe more strategic that needs to go into those types of goals. Um, so, so again, I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, finding the right goals to keep you motivated, like it really has to, it's kind of one of those know, know thyself, right? Like into thine own self be true. Um, and, and maybe you've tried annual goals before, whether it's a volume goal, whether it's a consistency goal, whether it's w- whatever it might be. And if those goals haven't worked for you, like at, at some point, stop trying to, you know, bang your head against the wall and, and, you know, try something different. And maybe that is where you go for monthly goals or quarterly goals or something where it's still some time to work on things, but you don't feel like you're, you're, you're stuck with a goal for a year. Maybe you're stuck with a goal for 90 days. You're, you're stuck with a goal for 30 days. Uh, but you know that, that you have a chance to reset, re- readjust, recalibrate. Um, and maybe that, you know, when you, when you put those pieces together, four, four big goals throughout, you know, the one quarter for each or 12 goals, 12 mini goals, maybe at the end of the year, that's what leads to a pretty awesome year is you gave yourself that flexibility throughout the year. So, you know, I think, I think goals, you know, they, they need to be unique and they need to be what works best for you works best for you. Um, and so, yeah, like an annual mileage goal might not be good for everyone. It might not be a good idea at all for everyone. For some people, it's great. For me, it, it really does help me to stay locked in and consistent in those days that I don't really want to go for a long run. I convince myself to at least get 10 or 12 instead of 15 or 16. Um, because at least, at least 10 kind of keeps me on track with my, my annual mileage goal, or at least keeps it within reach. Um, but for some folks, it's just like, no, I ain't doing it. And, and then, and then what, you know? So, so, you know, if a, if a big goal for the year works for you, great. If not, chunk it down, look at the quarters, look at the months. Um, and maybe that works better for your long-term success and that's okay. Two different ways to get there. 
one isn't better than the other. It's just one is better for you than the other. Um, so, so I, that's not a good answer. I know, but it's, it's, it's a think about it and figure out the right thing for you, um, is the right thing for you. So thank you, milady. Hopefully that is getting the gears turning a little bit for you. Rob Jones, congrats on your yearly mileage, mileage achievement. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. On the topic, what mileage increases from year to year could be considered a significant improvement in terms of building fitness? I mean, you know, like I talked about in that, that volume episode a few weeks ago, I think there's a point where it's diminishing returns, right? Um, but but ultimately, I mean, here we go. Chug, chug a lug, folks. It's, a, it's an it depends kind of answer. Um, I think for some folks, 10% increase year to year, like that's significant and is going to really move you forward, potentially move you forward. Some folks that's too much and could lead to breakdown and injury and, and, uh, it's not going to move you forward. Um, for some folks, you get your mileage up to a point where 10% probably isn't, isn't moving the needle that much. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that more would be made, you know, so like, yes, there's a point where more is, is better right? In terms of pushing your body. But, and what I was trying to get through with those three episodes on how to become a better runner, um, volume might be one of them. Maybe you might be better off holding your volume steady. You know, if you've got whatever, 1500, 1800, 2000 miles, 2500, whatever your volume is that you're like, that's pretty good. You might could see progress by running more, but you might could see more progress by maintaining that volume and adding more intensity or adding more strength training or adding or, or doing something else. Keep your volume the same. You know, I'm not necessarily saying run less, but maybe you get more bang for your buck from doing something different. Right. And so, so it's, it's impossible to say, you know, at the, at the risk of taking the easy way out and defaulting to it depends. It, it really does depend. Um, because, because, it's just, there's so many variables at play. Um, you know, I think, I think that 10, 12, 15%, something like that for somebody who's, who's really looking to increase their volume could be helpful. Um, but again, it, where are we starting from? You know, 15% for somebody who's running, um, I mean, I guess 15 uh, percentage is always scale. Um, but you know, again, like, like what is the best use for your time? You know, for 10%. So here we go. Here's what I was kind of trying to say, but I was coming at it from the wrong direction. If I'm running a thousand miles per year and I'm like, all right, I want to, I want to get that up to, to 1200 miles per year. You know, that's a, that's a 20% increase. It's pretty sizable, but, but spread out over the course of a year, you know, it's probably doable, right? Like, what are we talking about? An extra 10, 10 miles, roughly, uh, I guess a little bit more than that, 15 miles per month. So, you know, we're looking at three or four miles per week additional, um, to what I'd been doing, like, like it's a chunk, it's a commitment, but like, it's not, you know, it's probably doable. If I, if I'm thinking about it, I probably have the time in my schedule to add those extra miles in. But if I'm running, like say we double that, if I'm running, you know, 2000 miles a year and I'm going to bump it up to 2,400, which would still be that 20% increase all of a sudden, you know, I mean, now we're looking at eight to 10 miles extra per month. Um, which, which I'm sorry, whatever. My math is a little bit off there, but I'm trying to add 400 miles per week. Um, or I'm sorry, 400 miles for the year, which break that down. That's an extra four or five miles per week instead of four or five miles per month. Right. Um, or whatever, whatever the math works out to it's double. Clearly, clearly I'm, I, I talk about being a, a math person yet. I'm not doing math very well today. 
Um, but the point being, like, that could be a, a, a more significant commitment that I've ar- I'm already at 2,000 miles for the year. Like, maybe maybe that's where you might look at and go, maybe I'd be better suited doing, you know, that extra amount of time in the gym or that extra amount of time focusing on recovery. You know, heaven forbid. Maybe maybe, maybe it's a less is more where it's not that we're look- talking about decreasing mileage, but maybe maintaining, but sleeping more, recovering better, fueling better. Um, are, would some of those things move the needle a bit more? I, you know, I don't know. It, it depends on your situation. Um, but, but, you know, you kind of need to look at, look at the whole picture and go, maybe more mileage isn't what I, what I want. Um, which kind of, you know, not, I don't know how much we want to get into this and maybe it ties into your second question. So the second part of the question in your expert opinion, because we all know I have an expert opinion, is it beneficial to have a lower mileage year occasionally to give your body a, a chance to recover or better to continually push for increases. Um, you know, it, it, again, it, it depends on where we're starting from and where we're trying to go, what your goals are, what your history is. Um, but, but in 2023, my goal was to run the year, but in previous years, I'd gone way above it. Now in 2022, I was way short because of an injury and the moving and yada, yada, yada. But in, um, in 2022, I think I was at like 2,600 miles in, uh, 2021. Um, I guess 2020, 2021, I was at like 2,600 miles, 2020, I was at like 2,150. Um, so this year my, my goal was to not go dramatically above 2023. You know, I think I'm going to end up right around, you know, I mean, I'm not even going to get to 2,100. I'm going to be probably 20, 2050, maybe 2060 at the most. Um, and that was intentional, right? I wasn't trying to push for more. Um, I wasn't trying to pull way back. But it's just like, hey, if, I, if I'm at 2,000 miles or if I'm at the year for miles, I'm in a good spot. I don't need more to be more fit. Maybe I need to do more strength training or more, more other stuff. So um, all that said, you know, like like could a, could a down year be helpful? Sure. But again, we're talking about the, the span of a year. Um, you know, maybe it's more, probably more beneficial, I guess, in this in this conversation here. And I, apologies if I'm kind of talking myself in circles here because this, this is a complex complicated question where there's a lot of nuance. Um, but maybe you'd be better off having a down week or two or even a down month, but not so much, you know, lower, like not so much where it's going to be a dramatic decrease in your overall annual mileage. Um, but if you're running, you know, whatever, if you're running 150 miles per month, maybe you you schedule a month in there where you're down to 120 miles, right. Um, or even a hundred. And so like, yeah, all right. So maybe that's, that's, that feels like a lot over the course of the year, but you could, you could still be at the same overall mileage by just adding two or three miles to, to every other month, uh, the rest of the year. So 11 months where instead of running 150 or 153, uh, and then you have that, that one month where you're at 115 and like, you know, I don't know if that numbers exactly work out, but the point being your total overall annual mileage would be right about the same but you gave yourself that one month as a recovery month, or maybe you do that a couple times a month or whatever. Um, ultimately, you know, I, I think the best way to answer it is to listen to your body. And if you're feeling burned out, if you're feeling fatigued, pull back and maybe you pull back for a week or maybe it's for a month or maybe it's for a quarter. or Maybe it is for a full year. Maybe that's what you need. Um, but I also don't think that just continually pushing for increases is the right answer. I think there's a balance. Um, and I think for me, that balance is right about running the year. And as long if I'm running the year and able to, to, to get some, some strength in and some cross training in and some other things in to stay overall active and healthy, 
I think that's better for me than trying to get to 2,500 miles or 2,600 miles um, and maybe be more de- neglectful of some of the cross training, some of the recovery, some of those types of things. So you got to find the right balance for you. Um, and once you kind of feel like maybe you're dialed in, maybe you just hang out there for a few years and, and tweak some knobs, but not always be pushing for more and more and more. Um, but again, it's, there's a lot of nuance there and it's a lot of kind of figuring it out for yourself. And, and, um, obviously, you know, we can, we can always schedule a call Rob or anybody else that, that's thinking about this, or we can work together in a, in a way that's uh, a little bit more chance to work into the, your specific nuance, but in this format kind of general advice, it's hard to dig in too deep. Um, but you know, you get that free call from the, the new year's fat ass. Maybe, maybe that's a good use of a call, um, for anybody that's, that's interested in more of a specific for their scenario. But thanks for the question, Rob. And uh, thanks for putting up with me waffling back and forth for the last seven minutes, trying to answer the question succinctly, even though it's a question that probably can't be answered succinctly, but I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, next up, it's time for the Tom Trifecta. First question from Western New York. What is your favorite holiday beverage? So, so Tom, I'm assuming we're talking adult beverages here. Um, if not, you know, that, that tells you all you need to know about me and my proclivities for adult beverages. Um, but I don't have a favorite. I, like, I, my, favorite adult, my favorite holiday adult beverage is gin, just like my favorite non holiday adult beverages gin um there's never a bad time for gin now you know i'm not 19 anymore so maybe like six o'clock in the morning is maybe not the ideal time for gin like it might have been back in the day um but if we're you know if we're if we're looking to have a a drink um you know we just some gin is good you know getting back into whiskey a little bit whiskey's good um tequila's good um but like we're not we're not eggnogging it you know we're not we're not mixing things in with it like we want we want a good a good gin or a good tequila or a good whiskey um and an ice cube or two and that that's that and it does holidays tuesdays fridays you know any days that we're not that i drink every day but if i'm gonna have a drink like the the, the seasonality doesn't matter the drinks the drinks are the drinks that's period i'm a simple i'm a simple man tom we've established this before um no, nobody got time for like, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's the fall. Let's do a spiced cider. No, let's just have a freaking gin because we're adults, you know? Yeah. Anyway, next question from Tom. Have you considered running for a charity in order to get entry into Boston or another major marathon? Many charities are quite reasonable when it comes to fundraising minimums. Um, no, yeah, like, I mean, I have sort of, but like, not really. Um, I, I, I do think, and I, I, you know, and maybe this starts to borderline snobbery and I don't mean it that way. Um, but like the allure of, of Boston for me is as much about the qualification as it is about getting into Boston. So like I could, I could see a scenario where if I, if I qualified two or three times, but didn't qualify by enough, well then, then, then maybe, then maybe I would, I would consider doing a charity, um, to, to run Boston because I've already, I've already qualified, right? Like to me, like that's, that's the hurdle just for me. And that's, that's not anybody It's nobody else needs to, to, to follow that logic or, or agree with it, disagree, whatever. But for me, and it's not like, I'm like, Oh, I can't be a real runner until I qualify for Boston. I've heard that from people before I clearly don't agree with it. Um, but for me, the, the allure is, can I push myself to a point where I qualify? And, and sure, you know, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. 
my qualification is going to align with getting older and getting faster and somewhere those lines are going to meet in the middle. Um, but that, like, I want to qualify. I, I would like to run Boston, sure, but I really want to qualify for Boston at some point. Um, and so if I qualify a few times and don't get in, well, then maybe we'd look at a charity. Um, you know, I don't know. You never say never. Um, and, and if, and if those lines stop coming together and they start to diverge and maybe I would think about it, I don't know. Uh, but right now I still think a BQ is, is a possibility. I still think I might be eight or 10 or 12 years away. Uh, but I still think it's doable. And so as long as I think it's doable, we're going to try to get into Boston the old fashioned way. And, you know, if it doesn't come together, it doesn't come together. And then maybe we'll, we'll look at some other options or maybe we'll just, you know, stop chasing the unicorn. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, it's not like a, a, a foreshadowing. But like, you know, there's, there's other races for sure. So we'll see. But right now, still going still gonna to try to get faster and qualify. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe down the road, that'll change. We'll see. Final question from Tom. Sometimes when I am pretty far into a long run, I will feel my core activating. Do you know what this means? Um, I've never thought about it that way, Tom. But my, my hunch would be that either... Um, my, my hunch is that your, your, your form might be starting to deteriorate a little bit. Uh, and so your core is trying to do more to stabilize, right? Like, like it's, it's been activated during the whole run, but maybe, you know, maybe some of the upper back muscles, things like that are a little bit more engaged and they're, they're doing their job better. So the core doesn't have to work quite as hard. Um, but then as, as, as we fatigue, as we get tired, uh, you know, form naturally does start to, to erode a little bit. And so maybe your, your core is, is lighten up a little bit more, to try to, to keep, you know, keep the run going, to keep your pace pushing along at the, at the pace that you're running. Um, and so it's, it's working a little bit harder to keep the upper body quiet while the lower body's moving, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so it's just working harder and you're feeling it. Maybe it's just starting to, the core is starting to get fatigued as well. So some core, some more core strengthening exercises could be helpful, um, just to build the strength and the endurance of the core. Um, but it, you know, one of those two things is probably, or maybe a little combination of both is, is probably what's going on. Um, I don't, but again, like, I don't know that I've ever really paid attention to it or noticed it in myself, but now that I, now that you say it, I'm probably gonna start paying attention to it in my long runs. And I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if that's fairly common. Um, because like I said, you get longer in a run, your, your, your form is going to start to deteriorate. You start to fatigue. That's what happens. Um, and your core tries to fight against that. So, uh, keep working on your core, keep building some strength in your core. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't panic that you are starting to feel it a little bit more as the long run goes because, it's just trying to keep you in the right position to keep you going forward. Um, it's just your body doing what you want it to do, quite frankly. So it's, it's not, a, it's not nothing to be, it's not nothing. It's not anything to be alarmed with. Um, and I think it's cool that you're noticing it. I think it's cool that you're noticing it. So, um, keep on keeping on, I think, but maybe, you know, maybe a little more core training. It's, that's never going to be a bad idea. Just don't feel like you should work your core every day. I'm not saying that, but if you're not doing some core work, you know, a couple times a week, maybe you mix that in. Um, it's not going to hurt. Certainly might help. So there you go. Thanks for the questions, Tom, as always. Next up, we got a pack of questions from Melody that, you know, I mean, we got, we got some Melody questions here. Got to love it. Got to love it. First up, I'd like to know if Rebecca is going to run a marathon one day. I'd also like to know when she's going to run her next half and where it will be. I feel like things are going to happen. No pressure. So, you know, if you, if you have these questions for Rebecca, um, feel free to ask Rebecca, you know, like, like I am not Rebecca's keeper. Um, as much as I might throw her under the bus and use her as an example on the podcast once in a while, um, you know, she's a big girl. She can answer these questions. I, I will say this. It is no longer 
I am never going to run a marathon. So, so probably that means she's going to run a marathon one day. Um, but, uh, but, but who knows, you know, plans change, but yeah, you know, ask her what her plans are. I don't know what my plans are, let alone what her plans are. Goodness gracious. I mean, I'm ask her, ask her the questions. Don't ask me that the Rebecca questions. I, I have a hard enough time keeping myself straight, let alone, you know, keeping track of her, her plans. Goodness gracious. Next up. Since Addie ran her first 5K, does she have the bug? Are there some Disney 5K races in her future? Is she going to be a metal chaser? Does she look at mom and dad and aspire to running like they do? Some kids do and some kids don't. Sometimes they run in opposite directions for their parents. Um, I mean, I guess ask Addie. I don't know. Like, like, are there a bunch of Disney 5Ks in her future? No, because we don't live by Disney anymore. You know, if we still live down there, I would say there's a high likelihood that we'd run some Disney 5Ks. Um, but we don't. So, no. I don't think there's any Disney 5Ks in her future, at least not in her immediate future. Uh, does she have the bug? I don't think so. Um, but maybe, you know, I could see like, I mean, she's, she's nine, right? So it's not like she's like, let's go out and run every day. Like her old man does. And like her, like her mom does, right? Like, 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 like we're not at that point yet. Um, she runs around the, the, you know, the playground at school and chases around with her friends and things like that. Um, you know, she, she had a, she did great for the Turkey trot. Um, you know, hopefully she'll want to run it again next year. And maybe she'll want to run a little bit more before that. But like, like she's nine, right? Like who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll see. The seeds are being planted, I think. Um, but, but we won't know if she, if she's going to be a metal chaser for another, you know, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Um, so we'll see. We'll just, we'll just let her be a kid for a while. And, uh, if she wants to run some with dad, then, then we'll run. And if she doesn't want to, then, you know, whatever she's doing, she's doing chorus right now. So like, I mean, running could help with that, right? Build some, some aerobic capacity, but she's also nine and she's in fourth grade. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Final question from Melody. How much can you really accomplish with short distance training runs? Is it just base building? I feel like I'm always base building, or is it just about keeping the foundation strong? I know every run has a purpose. So, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a good, that's a good question, Melody, because, because I get the, I get the, the premise of like, if I'm only running a couple times at, you know, these shorter distances, how much am I, am I moving forward? Um, but it, you know, to me, it's kind of one of those, we get, everybody's going to start somewhere. Right. And so like, how much fitness are you going to build if over the course of whatever, five years, you know, you're, you're, you're not progressing. Well, probably not very much, but I, I don't want to say not very much, but the, the, you're not going to build as much as if you progress and right. And like, you know, the runs that are two and three miles start to become more, runs that are three and four miles and runs that are five and six miles start to become runs that become seven and eight miles. And like, of course there's a progression over time. Um, but at the same time, you know, kind of like Rob's question, there's, there comes a point where more is just more and more is not necessarily better. So there's a lot of nuance here again. And, and, um, you know, there's, there's different ways to get there. Do, do we want to run maybe, you know, if, if you're running, whatever, if you're running four days a week, you know, is it better to run a little bit longer and, and, and still run four days a week? Or is it better to keep your runs about where they are, but run five days a week? I don't know. I mean, there's different ways to get there and, and depends on the situation and, and how you're feeling. Um, I don't think you can ever do too much base building. You know, I, I, I mean, you feel like you feel like you're always base building. I feel like I'm always base building too. You know, um, I feel like in my expert opinion, um, everybody should always be base building. That should always be the priority in your training. When you're, when you're building up towards, towards a, you know, a training plan, like a, a, you're peaking for a race, you're in a, you're in a, a build for a race. 
um, the majority of that should be building, building base and foundation. Now, yes, you might be doing a little bit more intensity work. You might be starting to climb some of the distance ladders to build endurance, things like that. Um, but if you don't have a good foundation in place, like you're not going to do any of that. You're going to fall apart when you're, when you're going harder, you're, you're running longer. Um, and so, so foundational training, base training, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I don't think there's anything more important for an endurance athlete than that, than that. So, so yeah, you should always feel like you're base training because you should always be base training. And then as your base gets stronger, you might need to do a little bit more to continue to build more on the base and the foundation. Um, or you kind of stay where you are and that helps to keep the foundation where it's at, but it's never, it's never for naught. It's never not Im- improving or not, not, not being, uh, something that, that does at least maintain, if not build more, more fitness. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, every run absolutely has a purpose. Um, and the short runs add up too, right? Like, like, you know, and I feel like I've said this before, but like in isolation is a, is a three mile run. Does it do anything? Like, no, I mean, no, it doesn't. Right. Like if, if you run Addison, right. You just asked about Addison. She ran, ran three miles for the Turkey trot. Um, and if she doesn't run again between now and next Thanksgiving, um, you know, she, her fitness isn't going to move forward again. She's nine. I'm not worried about that, but like, like she's probably not going to run an appreciably faster 5k next year than she did this year. If, if she's only run that three miles once. Right. But if she runs one mile three times a week, every week, she's only running three miles. She's only running one mile at a time. Right. But she's running three miles a week. And so over the course of a year, that's 150 miles. Is she probably going to run her, her three mile Turkey trot next year, a little bit faster or a little bit stronger or feel a little bit better before, during, and after than she did last year when she hadn't run at all. I mean, probably. So, you know, you can, you can translate that however you want to, but, but the way I look at it is, you know, if you're, if you're quote unquote, only running two or three miles for most of your runs in isolation, one time probably doesn't matter. But if you, if you can be consistent with that, if you can do that, you know, a couple times a week, every week over the course of a month, six months, eight months, a year, 18 months, 24 months. Yeah. Like you might still quote unquote, only be running two miles a week, but guess what? your fitness in 24 months is going to be better than it was 24 months ago, right? Because of that consistency, because of that consistent build and, and you know, the, the foundation continuing to build upon itself. And of course that scales, right? So, so you get to where, where somebody is running 50 miles a week. Do they need to, do they need to keep running 60 and 70 and 80 and hundred miles a week to continue to build their fitness? No, stay at 50 miles a week, but do it month after month, after month, after month, after year, after year, after year, after year, your fitness is going to improve. Okay. So, um, because it's all about the base, it's all about the base. So, you know, don't, don't worry about the distance. Don't worry about the, the, you know, not feeling like you can, can not feeling like you may be making progress. Maybe talk to your coach about it too. You know, like, like that's a, that's a conversation y'all two can have, um, or us two can have, but, uh, you know, I, I think that, that short runs where you feel good, and where you're consistently able to do them and be successful with them are massive, are massive. And again, short is all relative. So it might be, it might be short today, but tomorrow it might be, it, we might go a little bit longer or whatever, but like the consistency and the base building is what it's all about. And keep on, keep it on, keep on, keep it on. But thank you for the questions, Melody, as always. 
A uh, couple more questions closing in on the on the end here. We got uh, another one from Michaela. Since it's close to the new year, what do you look forward to in 2024, and what are you glad is over for 2023? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, like I've got goals for for 2024. Like I mentioned, you know, some of the 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 number of times that I want to do, um, you know, mobility and, and soft tissue work, things like that. Um, I don't know that I'm like looking forward to that, but like, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's areas I think I could grow and think I could, could improve my overall health and fitness, which I think is going to be good for me in terms of, of, you know, running progress. I've got business goals. Sure. sure we're going to try to run the year again in 2024, but like, I, I think that I'm, I am looking forward to hopefully crossing a couple States off in 2024. We, we you know, still don't have plans there, but I, you know, I think that's something that, that could happen. Um, other than that, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I like having goals, but like, I also try to make sure that the goals are things that I can control, right? At least as much as possible in terms of consistency, in terms of like, if I do X, hopefully I'll get the Y outcome. But if I'm looking forward to the, just the Y outcome, it's easy to lose sight of doing the things that might get there. Um, so I try to keep more process focused goals instead of, instead of outcome focused goals. Um, but it's, it's not like, I don't look forward to the process, right? Like, like I look forward to the, the potential outcomes. I look forward to, to, you know, growing the business and, and having more things available and maybe you know, making a few more, more dollars income wise and like whatever. Um, but I can look forward to that all I want. If I don't put the work in, I'm not going to get there. So like, like my goals are about doing the work or about the process. And I'm not, I'm not entirely looking forward to that. Um, but that's what it takes for me at least to, to hopefully be successful. So, um, you know, I don't know that I have a lot I'm looking forward to in 2024 than just hopefully growth, hopefully growth in a bunch of areas. Um, but you know, gotta, gotta do the work to get there. Um, anything I'm glad it's over for 2023, you know, I don't know. I mean, 2023 was, was a fine year. Um, I don't know that it was a great year, you know, first, first full year in, in Georgia. So that is good. Kind of, you know, really feeling like we're settling in a little bit more part of the community. Um, but you know, I mean, no, I'm not, not, there's no real re there's no, uh, I'm not one that's like, Oh, 2023 is over and now 2024 is here. And like, uh, everything's like, no, it's just, it's just one freaking day difference. You know, like, like there's just one difference between 20, one day. That's a difference between 2023 and 2024. So the same shit that I'm dragging around in 2023, guess what? Still gonna be dragging it around in 2024. Right. And so, so I'm not, I'm not one that's like, oh, well glad 2023 is like, I'm glad that for a new year and a fresh start, I like all that kind of stuff, but it's not like, I'm like, oh, so glad that, that 2023 is gone because, because I got rid of X, Y, no, 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 no. All that stuff is still there. And thankfully I don't have that much of that stuff, but like, like I just don't, I don't see it that way. If you do great, if you're glad that 2023 is over, you can leave, leave some stuff in the past, man, girl, leave it in the past. But for me, it's like, all right, we're just, we're just focused on moving forward. Um, trying to focus on the process and hopefully, uh, that process will get us to where we're trying to be. But you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for a new year. I, I like new goals and, and new opportunities and a blank slate. Um, but it's not like I just get rid of everything from 2023. It's still, it's still, it's still there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for 2024, but I'm excited for every year, you know, every, every new year I'm excited for it. Um, and hopefully, hopefully by the time 2024 comes to an end, I'll be glad that 2024 is over in terms of looking forward to 2025, but hopefully it'll be a pretty, uh, hopefully it'll be a better year than last year was. Not that, not that 2023 was bad, but you know, I got, I got goals for 2024 and hopefully, you know, we hit them. So we'll see. Yeah, check back in a year and I'll let you know. Uh, next up from Alex raining for two days straight, 48 degrees is the high. Do you submit to the treadmill or enjoy the weather? Alex, I'll tell you what I would probably do. Um, 
I'd enjoy a day or two off <laughs> is what I would do. Um, especially, you know, d- depending on the situation, um, you know, if I, if I had the flexibility to, to just switch the schedule around a little bit, maybe take an extra day off or maybe run a little bit later in the day. If, if the rain does, you know, kind of keep an eye on things. And if the, if the rain lets up a little bit, um, it would also depend on what the rain is, right? Like I've, I've noticed in, in our time here in Georgia, especially this time of year, like it might say it's going to rain all day and it might technically rain all day, but a lot of that rain is more mist than anything else. So like maybe, you know, maybe I do sneak out when it's, when it's technically raining, but really it's like, it's a heavy mist at most. And typically it's even kind of a light mist. Well, then that's, that's fine. Right. Like, like I got my rain jacket on, you know, it might not be ideal, but like, it's not bad. It's not, it's not a freaking deluge at 48 degrees. If it's a deluge at 48 degrees, we ain't doing it. it ain't, I'm not getting on the treadmill. Like, like that's, that's definitive. Uh, but I'm also, you know, at this point in my life, um, probably not going to, going to force myself to run in a downpour when it's 48 degrees. Like unless the only way that that might could happen is if, if it was like December 31st and I was five miles away from my run the year goal. And I was like, well, shit, I just got to get it done today. Uh, but if I don't have to get it done today, if I can look at the, if it's, if it's December 25th and I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm already there. Yeah. We're just taking an extra day off. We're just taking a break. I guess if de- 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 December 25th would be Christmas. So I'm probably taking a break there anyway. But if it's, if it's December 14th, right. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm supposed to finish my run of the year in two weeks, but it's raining today. So now it's going to be two weeks in one day. We're still good. We're still good. Um, so yeah, rain, rain in the forecast for two days straight, assuming it's a decent rain and it's 48 degrees. I'm just taking a couple days off, maybe doing a little extra, maybe jump on the spin bike. Um, maybe just doing a little yoga, doing something inside. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to suffer. For, I'm not going to suffer either way. I'm not going to suffer on the treadmill. I'm not going to suffer in a 48 degree rain. Um, so, so there's that but to each their own. Um, hopefully whatever you chose to do, you're at peace with the decision, my friend. Uh, and hopefully not too miserable. However, it all shakes out next up. We got the final, the final block from the man, the myth, the legend himself, Gary Joe chiming in via Twitter hat trick time. First question, any marathon plans for 2024? Goodness gracious, Gary Joe. We've, you know, we've been, we've been, we've been talking about this the whole time. He says Cincinnati has one that involves airborne bacon, AKA flying pigs, uh, plus, it would mark Ohio off the 50-state challenge list. Just saying, yes, you know, you know, Gary Joe, you've you've planted this this flying pig uh, suggestion. You've planted this seed. This is the second or third. Don't think I'm not paying attention. You've mentioned this a couple times now, um, and the seed is planted. You know, like there, there's not a full fudge plan there yet. I'm not committing to anything yet, but it's it is it is firmly on my radar. But there are no plans yet, yet. If there are plans, I'll let you know. How about that? Um, but like I said, we're, 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 we're talking about a few things, maybe, you know, a couple of options in Georgia since, you know, we live here now and I haven't run a Georgia marathon yet. So we're kind of looking at a couple of those options. Um, you know, flying pig is like the week before my anniversary. So it could be a, could be a good little anniversary getaway, you know, I'm not saying, but the timing, the timing's not, not terrible. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. I'll keep you posted if something comes to it. Second question from Gary Joe, strength training. It's not like I'm going to do it anyway, but how often do we need to do strength training as runners? So, and then he says, chug-a-lug may apply. I don't think this is an, it depends question. I think, I think, you know, we should be doing strength training two to three times a week for sure. But, but I'll see you. How often do we need to do strength training as runners and raise you? How often do we need to do strength training as humans? Because ultimately 
I mean, I think that's that's the key to strength training, right? Like, like yes, strength training is going to help us as runners. It's going to help us, in, you know, with with injury resilience or injury resistance, and it's going to help us with performance benefits. But like, if you're not going to strength train because of what it might do for you as a runner, maybe you should think about doing strength training as for what it's going to do for you when you're 70, when you're 80. Um, you know, there's there's more and more research. There's more and more reasons where it's hard to argue that the best thing you can do for your health is strength training. Like it's hard to argue it. I'm a runner. I like to run. Strength training is more valuable long-term for my health than running is period. End of story. Like, I mean, there's, there's, you can't really make that argument that it's not, um, all the, all the research that shows that, you know, like, especially for when we get older, right? Like, like you start getting into your seventies, you start getting into your eighties, the, the amount of, of strength that you lose, the muscle mass that you lose, you know, just because of how our bodies change and, and, you know, loss of, of, you know, how hormones change, you know, for men and for women too, you know, just decreased creation of testosterone and what that does and yada, yada, yada. Um, there's, there's nothing more important that I think that you can do for your health as a human than strength train. So you want to, you want to be a better runner. You want to hit your running goals. Well, probably being a healthy human would be a good first step, right? So strength train. Um, you want to be able to, you know, live independently when you're 80, you want to be able to get down on the floor and play with your grandkids. Um, you know, you, you want to be able to do, you want to be able to get off the freaking toilet when you're 85 years old, uh, without help, which, you know, not for nothing. Like, I mean, I, I'm not one that goes out of my way to ask for help anyway, but like, that's one area where like, I really don't want to have to ask for help, right? Do some strength training and not, not when you're 80, not when you're 85, do the strength training when you're 40, when you're, when you're 30, when you're 50, like, you know, there's, there's the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is now, right? The next, the, the best time to have started strength training was 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. So, so, you know, if you don't want to do it for your, for your running, I mean, that's, that's cool. Gary Joe, do it for, do it for your grandkids, right? Do it for, do it for you and your, your wife in your retirement years so that you're able to, to be healthy and travel and, en- and enjoy whatever visiting, visiting your, your little girl who's won't be a little girl when you're retired. Right. But visiting her and her family or, or, you know, going, going to see the world, um, do that strength training now so that 25 years from now you're, you're, you know, it's, it's like investing money, right? Like you, you invest a little bit of money now and let that, let that interest compound do the strength training right now. And you'll, you'll be living off that interest 30 years from now, my brother. So, um, so yeah, how often should you be strength training, man, at least two or three times a week, not because you're a runner, but because you're a human. Um, maybe more than that, but at least two or three times a week. Um, because future, future Gary Joe will be eminently thankful that present Gary Joe is doing the strength training. Promise you, promise you. Final question from Gary Joe, utter foolishness. Apple pie isn't available. What's your dessert du jour? Yeah, I see what you did there. Um, you know, I mean, this is where, this is where a chug lug might apply because it, it depends, you know? Like, like apple pie is, is the dessert. Um, and again, just so we're clear, we're talking apple pie, apple pie with raisins. Like that's, that's, that's a, an understood soaked raisins understood. Cause that's what Nana made. And if you want to talk trash about Nana's cooking, then there's the door. See yourself right on out of it. Um, but like, honestly, you know, like if apple pie is not available, well, do we have other apple desserts? Could we, could we do an apple crisp? Uh, could we do an apple fritter? 
you know, could we, could we just do you know, stewed apples over like vanilla ice cream? Like, like there, there's a, there's a theme here. Um, and it was, it was bred into me because I was, you know, my, my, the reason Nana made the best apple pie is because Nana and Pop-Op and, and they're, you know, they were, and, and my great grandfather, my, my Pop-Op's dad, uh, owned an apple orchard. And so it was, it was everything apples all the time. You know, when, when apples are the family business, apples find a way to get into everything that you do. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I come from a long line of like apples, apples are for everything. Um, but if, if apples are off the table, which I think is, is why that we're talking about this being foolish. Um, you know, like, like, I mean, right now, like I got holiday cookies on the brain. So it's like the, you know, the Buckeye cookies are delicious. The, the peanut butter blossoms are delicious. Um, you know, we've been having a lot of those types of treats, chocolate, chocolate covered, whatever we've had chocolate covered pretzels. That's good. Chocolate covered Oreos. That's good. Um, but outside of, you know, just kind of, cause those, those things are top of mind right now. Uh, pineapple upside down cake. Like that's pretty good. And it's like, just, it's, it's like a freaking sugar buzz. Um, carrot cake with cream cheese, with like good thick cream cheese icing. Like that's, that's hard to beat. It's hard to beat is a good, good wedge of carrot cake with some good cream cheese icing. Um, you know, outside of that, eh, ice, you know, ice cream is always a good option, right? Ice cream, ice cream works with everything. Um, honestly, I'm not a big dessert guy. I'm really not. Um, you know, a little bit of dark chocolate and a gin. Like there, there we go. Let's, let's take a full circle to, to Tom's from the Tom trivecta to the Gary Joe hat trick. You know, what's, what's good for dessert? Gin. Gin. Um, gosh, I sound like an alcoholic sometimes. I promise I'm not. Um, but yeah, I'll take, I'll take a gin. I'll take How about a gin and an apple pie? Whew. Now you're speaking my love language. Anyway, that, that's that, you know, apple something or not, you know, whatever, like, like dessert, even a bad, it's, it's like, you know, a bad dessert is still, still dessert. Right. So like even, even, even freaking Thessaly's gingerbread houses, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to like choose a gingerbread house or a gingerbread cookie, but like, if that's all that's available, well then, yeah, okay, well let's, let's do it. You know, if there's, if there's gingerbread versus apple pie, we all, we all know where, where, where we're going, but if the gingerbread or nothing, well, then, okay, we'll have, we'll have a not great dessert because it's better than not any dessert. So yeah, whatever desserts available, it, unless it's like, I don't know. There's a few things that I'm not going to take, uh, take on. We won't get into all those today, but for the most part, bad dessert greater than no dessert and no dessert greater than apple pie. Guess. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, still got the voice, although it feels like it's, it feels like it's, it's, it's waning on me a little bit. It's, it's draining, but it's still here. Let me just make sure nobody else asked any questions before we officially wrap this one up. I don't think anybody slipped in here, but stranger things have happened than, uh, me recording when there's an extra question. Nope. I think we got them all. So there we go. That's all the questions for this month. Thank you for everybody who asked the question. What do you think? What did I get right? What did I get wrong? Let me know at this runs on the, all of the social medias. Um, at gmail.com if you want to shoot me an email. Uh, and, uh, of course, if you want to head over to the show notes for today, uh, where all the questions are answered with some form of a meme or a gif, um, which maybe you like the short and concise answers. So always feel free to check that out. Dizruns.com slash 1211. We'll get you there. Dizruns.com slash 1211. Get you back to the show notes for today. Answers in, the, like I said, meme and gif form. And, of course, you can hit that comment section down at the bottom. Let me know what you think about today's episode. Um, if you've got a question for next month, 
get it answered, get it answered. Well, get it asked first by joining the Facebook group and then I'll answer it in next month's episode. Uh, Disruns.com slash Facebook is the link. Or of course, if you want to go to, to, uh, you know, while you're searching on, on, or while you're scrolling on Facebook, search for Disruns Tribe, click to, click to, to enter. Gosh, I can't even talk today. It's, it's like I've been drinking gin the whole time when I haven't been, but it's, it's, you know, it's kind of what it feels like. Uh, but click to enter. We'll let you in. And then uh, when I put that post up for what are the questions you ask, you ask them, I'll answer them. Uh, bada boom, bada bam. Uh, don't forget, Disruns New Year's Fat Ass kicking off on the first of the year. First of every year, but certainly the first of 2024, which is just a couple days from today. Um, so hopefully you join the party. That's all that information is in the Facebook group as well. Click join disruns.com slash Facebook. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for another year of nonsense. Good Lord willing, we'll have another year of additional nonsense in 2024 as well. Featuring, if nothing else, 12 Q&A episodes. Uh, because we do one every month. How about how about that? Well, how, let's keep that rolling into 2024. But uh, hope your hope your year has been a good one. Hope this last hour and a half has been worth your time. Um, appreciate y'all. Have a great 2024. Uh, let's do it again. Let's run it back. Let's run it back in 2024, shall we? Anyway, thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Happy New Year. Take care. Talk soon. Later, y'all.